0: And I believe we're going to some footage of that
1: the weekly pseudo-academic pop culture analysis roundtable with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am coming to you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are now in the sixth day of the coronavirus occupation, and <laughs> I am here once again with my co-host, no, Wayne no. and Hannah. How's it going, guys?
2: Good. We're, we're recording <laughs> from a distance. It's, it's this remote yes. thing, so we're not, we're not infecting each other with anything other than our madness.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want me to be honest about how I am, sure. or do you want me to like be fake? Ter- okay. Um, I I mean I'm like because we all work at universities and colleges. I'm deeply concerned about like what my students are gonna do because like all like all across the country and probably more since we've recorded this, like schools are shutting down and some mm-hmm. of those places are like shutting down dorms and like where where are our students supposed to live? Because Did you, guys you shut know, down dorms. Uh, they're asked they're gonna let some people stay, but they're encouraging people to like go home. But then Trump, you know, of course is like, Well, we won't have any like travel between most of Europe and the US. So uh yeah. how how are international students supposed to go home? It like it's it's a giant mess. We should not forget that, you know. But like with with both like university students and like public school students, like a lot of the services, including food and like shelter come from Mm -hmm. the university Mm slash school. So there's a lot to take into account here and we should all do what we can to make things easier on students as we transition in this new time. Also like, and I, I feel this and this is not like the main thing, but also, you know, it's a lot of people's senior year slash the final year of their graduate school. And like, there's questions about, is graduation going to happen? Will I get to see my friends in person before we all go in separate directions? Like a mm-hmm. lot of award yeah. ceremonies have been canceled and like, that's really like heartbreaking all on its own because you know, you spend years and years and years with people and then suddenly a pandemic happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have our, our, for, for my school, our dorms are still open, but classes have been canceled. Um, I mean, some places like Harvard, I know, which is not where any of us are, but they were on the news. They, they shut down and they're shutting, they're shutting the campus down. They gave kids, you know, 48 hours to get out They're Like basically uh, be gone by Sunday or so I guess 72, hours. Um, Leases
3: in the Boston area in March are so easy to get.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like you said, especially you know, if you're if you're from if you're from Massachusetts and you can just go home to your parents, great. But if you're from, you know, San Diego or London or, you know, know, Australia, good luck. You know, it's it's crazy right now. So
4: well, we have my campus hasn't shut yet, but I'm I'm actually afraid that we're one of the few community colleges in the country. We have dorms. Yeah. Hi, Nicole. Same thing. (laughs) So,
1: you guys, you guys, you mentioned that before. You guys have dorms on your campus. That's weird for a community college, but I guess like you assume most of
4: them are local-ish. It it's it is kind of weird. Um, We do have some local students. Uh, we also have, I think it's more of the sports teams that we have, some people from out of state. We have a few international students, very mm-hmm. small group. But uh, but yeah, I the article that I was reading was talking about one of the problems with with all of this shutdown is a lot of places, a lot of schools are saying, we're just going to switch and put the first couple weeks of spring term online. Mm-hmm. But this article is pointing out, you need to remember that these people didn't sign up for an online class. They may right. not have reliable yeah. access, or they may, if they can't get into the library, they may have to be trying to read this stuff on their phone. And we all know that desktop applications <laughs> don't always translate well to the phone. Mm-hmm. And especially where I am.
2: I I, I was talking with a friend of mine who teaches at Pitt this morning, Mark Best. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're on break this week. They've extended the break. But when they come back, they're all going to, yeah, online classes. And Mark's kind of like, yeah, I really haven't done that. I need to figure out what to do somehow in the next week.
1: Yeah, I should call him because I I, I was uh, our our friend Jeff mentioned that he had talked to Mark and and. Said this and Mark said the same thing to him. And I've done it before. The problem is, and I was having this conversation with someone online, um, a couple of days ago. This is someone who's a, who's a nurse and they were, and she made a joke where she's like, wow, I, I kind of envy teachers because your, your lives are about to get much easier as mine gets much harder. And I was like, no, it's actually not really <laughs> because the idea of changing, you know, if your semester was starting in your sign any, you know, and you can plan to be an online class. Sure, I guess. I mean, it's not easier. It's just different. But if you've been if you're in the middle of a semester like we are, we are on spring break. We just finished spring break. So now you've been teaching an in-person class for six weeks and now you've got to shift for the remaining seven to online. And it's very different. You know, you you know, the pacing's different. You have to set things up. There's a technology issue. Like Nicole just said, you can't assume that people just have a computer. You can't, you know, I, I know lots of kids whose primary internet access is their phone or the campus computer.
4: And that's, if they have limited data, there may only be so much they can do. Mm-hmm. In my area, we're very rural, so people don't always right. have reliable internet mm-hmm. access or yep. yeah. I mean, even just saying, oh, well, if everything's online, that's easier. Online classes are actually more work because you yeah, can't just way more. Have the discussion and have people say, ask their questions if they're confused, or have students listen to other mm-hmm. people. You have to explain everything in detail mm-hmm. and you have to give individualized feedback on everything to every student. And it gets exhausting. And if you have five classes, well, mm-hmm, that'll be fun. Yeah.
1: It's well, more like, work for the student and for the teacher. Yeah. It's I mean, it's not what pe- people think it's going to be way easier. It is not um, ha- having as someone who teaches them. It's not.
3: And some people aren't good at them. Yeah. But also, like some people have not ever been trained to teach mm-hmm. online and they're suddenly mm-hmm. being asked to teach online. And also, like, I think there's this misconception that teaching a class is like a professor's like, I'm teaching 19th century literature. I will throw five books on the syllabus when actually like a good teacher, like it's very purposeful course design with goals goals and assignments structured around those goals to like help students meet their targets and like you mm-hmm. pick the books you do for a reason and if you do something in person you design the class around being together in person like if you want mm-hmm. students to like have a debate or like do do gamified gamified learning if you're online like what you can do totally changes because the medium changes mm-hmm. and like some people like have like have been posting online on twitter and talking about their experiences teaching online and you know they spend years. Translating Mm -hmm. what they did in the traditional classroom online and like I guess we should be grateful because Duke is also in this I'm not teaching um, this semester uh, luckily for me individually Uh, but like we should be grateful I guess that our universities are giving us a week to figure out instead of being like switch tomorrow like Mm -hmm. some places are but a week is still not sufficient time again also because like a lot of people were traveling for spring break or Mm -hmm. you know or trying to figure out where to live now that they're being told and encouraged to go home and how to get access and also like since teachers are aware of like student accessibility issues they're trying to like figure out how can they design this class around the students that are enrolled in this class I mean
0: mm-hmm.
3: at a particular point maybe you should just oh I don't know do what we did when Katrina happened and just pass people because <laughs> yeah. it's just you know it's it's better that like I didn't suffer because I missed a unit of geometry really except on that little portion of the ACT but I turned out fine so. <laughs>
1: Just if Hannah secretly doesn't know what a square is, you know, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not. The geometry I know just, but it'd just be like
1: it's just be the one thing that you missed you know from that from that point it's just like we, the day we talked about squares I don't know she understands exam she advanced tricks she can do that just the square you know,
3: well, you know I mean like the ACT is was annoying for people who like were taking advanced math because you know they did take in geometry in ninth grade and that's like what the ACT goes up to mm-hmm. and then like you know we've been calculus for like a year and it's like well <laughs> I can do this other thing, yep. which I like. Sounds like such a you know privileged kids problem. Like I, I, I learned too much math.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, point is coronavirus. That's a, is affecting everything. It's, it doesn't really affect this show that much because <laughs> we we record it. You know, we all record it from the privacy of our homes. Um, I'm you know I'm you thinking know? yeah. So but it's, it's, it's weird because, uh, I mean, this is the other thing that I was sort of looking at and we're sort of moving to a transition in our topic. We were talking before the show. We've got our, our annual box office game that we play on this show. And, and one of the big jokes, if you listen to the if you go back and listen to the, the two episodes where we do the draft, the big joke is that Katya cares about this game. Almost not at all. She plays it because we make her. But she but she happened to pick a lot of movies that came out in the beginning of the year so she is very much beating us right now she is <laughs> she is winning this game and Every day because of the coronavirus, I see another movie gets canceled or pushed, you know, so she, she's in the lead. She might stay there because it's entirely possible that no other movies are going to come out this year. <laughs> so I, will,
3: I will say like, don't I mean, I'm not encouraging you to go to the theater because social distancing is a thing. But it really is a shame that Onward is not doing well because of the coronavirus, because it's so good. You guys like. <laughs> It is like it like I think that a lot of Pixar films like are really like strong. I, I thought that Toy Story 4 was very manipulative and like kind of a tired old formula that a lot of Disney movies. Actually, I feel like Toy Story 4, Frozen 2 and Record Ralph sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet were like basically like very like by the numbers. It, by, well, not even by the numbers. They all were the same plot mm-hmm. of like we must split up. The like <laughs> main characters they cannot be together, ooh, sorry, spoilers, I guess, um <laughs> like like we can't we can't let people just stay together, they have to like grow apart, um. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, actually something that's very different. Um, And actually, like, most of the movie... I mean, of course I cried because I cried almost everything. Um, And the ending (laughs) is super powerful. But this Pixar film was just joyous. And also, if you play Dungeons & Dragons, which uh, I'm sure listeners do, and Katya certainly does, this is a movie made for you oh cool <laughs> like, like it is made for you anyway go see it but well, you know don't I'm saying this
1: <laughs> show up at the theater and go um, I'm here because Hannah on the <laughs> internet told me that I have to go see this movie coronavirus be damned uh, <laughs> so, so anyway well I mean this is a kind of an awkward segue into our you know not so serious topic but this was, uh, this was suggested by our friend Joe from the Protagonist podcast, who hoped to be here but couldn't because he's just busy. Um, but his he said, someone suggested this topic for his show, and he's like, it's not right for us, so you guys should do it. Um <laughs> and, and his thought was: what happens when something is supposed to be the next big thing and then it doesn't happen? Um now, and the best way I can think of to explain this, we talked about it a lot more on um, on the blog post, but things that are not quite one hit wonders. They might be a one hit wonder. They might be a zero hit wonder. This is the thing where where people are like, oh my God, the next big thing is going to be X. And it could could be an actor, it could be a book, it could be a comic, a video game, and it gets all the hype the in the world, yeah. And then nothing happens. <laughs> like, it, like it comes out, and people are just like, "Oh, that thing." Um, I think the prime example in in movies right now was um, Universal's Dark Universe from a couple of years ago, <laughs> oh, where they were like, "Oh yeah, we're, you yeah, we're gonna have a shared so universe." Yeah and, guys, and, and the mummy back. just did not happen.
0: Yeah well
3: but they're bringing about yeah, the it. Yeah. Yeah, well
1: they're going to keep trying until it works. That, that's that's their thing. But like they were like, "Oh, the mummy with Tom Cruise, this is going to be awesome." And then we're also going to have Angelina Jolie and we're going to have Russell Crowe and we're going to have Johnny Depp and then the mummy came out and they're like, "Yeah about that." No. <laughs> Which made a horrible mistake after after wasting a hundred million dollars on like their intro graphic and everything. And it's just like no no one wants this. this. is a bad
4: idea. Tom Cruise would have been better in that movie about thirty years ago.
1: Tom Cruise was better at a lot of things 30 years ago. Well I just I, I remember when I
4: saw the movie and I thought his character being basically sort of a self-centered jerk. It's like okay, if you're that way in your twenties, you may you can learn and grow. If you're that way in your 50s you're just an asshole.
3: <laughs> Ye- yes. But, but also, that was not why the only problem with that any, Why would I watch any Mummy movie if it doesn't star Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser?
1: <laughs> true. I
3: think I, true, true, like, true. Are but,
1: alive. They are alive and available. <laughs>
4: Those two were, were
3: very good. I have a lot of things I could probably say about a mummy movie and critique it about, you know, the time and the place and the thoughts. It's just so good. Like, I, I just don't want to critique it. I don't want to think critically. I just want to watch it and enjoy it mm-hmm. and and appreciate that a librarian is the hero. Mm hmm. <laughs>
1: Well, what are some other examples? So, like the ones that I was thinking of, I, I you know, we always have the Dark Universe. Um, I thought about Hayden Christensen, who was supposed to be a huge actor. Like, everybody was like, oh my God, he's going to be amazing. He's going to be Darth Vader. And, and then people saw those movies and they're like, we don't want Hayden Christensen. And it just ruined his career. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it almost
3: ruined Allie's Borman career, too.
1: Yeah. Well, no, but she, she came almost. back, though. Yeah,
3: no, she, she came back. It, back but it, people apparently believe she couldn't act. And like, she had to have other people right. speak, like, before yeah.
1: yeah yeah um and i was thinking about you know we had um uh m night shyamalan who uh, after the sixth sense which everybody who wasn't me loved i thought it was all right um, but the sixth sense he's going to be huge he's going to be the biggest director of all time and then he made a whole bunch of movies where people were like oh, what the oh the no <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. <He laughs> unbreakable back. was so back.
1: good yeah yeah he's he bounced back a little bit with with um with uh, split and then Glass was, you know, it like, was fine. Yeah, Glass was fine. Basically, I was like, "This is this is not a horrible but movie." Like, yeah, but I like enjoyed Wayward Glass.
3: Way more like, got some buzz. Mm-hmm. He was, he was like, he's doing, he's like getting work though, which is more than you can say for some people who we have just right forgotten. Right,
1: Hayden Christensen, it, it, you know, he he. He needs, he needs your help. You know, <laughs> um, I mentioned, um, I mentioned, yeah. uh, Send donations the, too. Yeah. I mean, in the blog, I mentioned Piper Parabo and Isabella Miko, who starred in one of my favorite movies, Coyote Ugly. And I just picked it. It's, and it's not really one of my favorite movies. I just picked it because I figured most people would be like, what? And what? then. And who are these people? And then Nicole, you, you actually answered. You, you commented back. Oh, I, you know, I love Piper Parable. I'm like, nobody's supposed to know who Piper Parable was. That was the entire point. <laughs> I,
3: I also know who she is because of Covert Affairs.
1: Yes, which is the show that she's, that she landed on after Coyote mm-hmm. Ugly.
4: Coyote Ugly um, is one of those is one of those guilty pleasure movies that's like it's, it's, yeah. it's it, yeah it's not a great movie but it's fun it's not horrible
1: well you know it's and I think that I think that that's a good example of something like this where people promoted Coyote Ugly Coyote Ugly came out at a point when theme restaurants were becoming big you know you had you I mean theme restaurants and i mean that in two ways i mean things like like uh planet hollywood right. was being big and there was like i can't remember tire banks had like a models' theme version of planet hollywood that i don't remember the name of and there were there were all these theme restaurants at the same time um restaurants like hooters and uh and a lot of things that were essentially trying to be hooters also becoming big and coyote ugly was this bar that had already existed and they tried to franchise the bar around the same time um as because, you know, why not? So they built one. They built one in the original ones in New York. They built one in Vegas. They were building all these. And then they put out this movie and it seemed like from the trailers, you watch the, the Coyote Ugly trailer and you think you're going to Hooters the movie. That's what it looks like. It's not about that at all. It is, you know, like you, you, it essentially markets itself as though this is a movie for guys. You want to see hot girls dance on tables, blah, blah, you know, like that's, that's what the trailer looks like. That's not what this film's about. This is the coyote ugly is a chick, flick, like <laughs> yeah, very much so <laughs> it is. And I don't mean that enough because I like chick flicks. Obviously i I said it a but it, but this is not a movie for dudes you know this is a this is this is a movie that it's a date movie or a movie you go to a a female goes to with her girlfriends because and go yep yep yeah i know i've had guys treat me like that it's that kind of movie it is it is almost fried green (laughs) tomatoesy it it really is (laughs) um but it takes place at a bar you know they're younger They're, they're they're young starlets but it's not a it's not a it's not a guy movie at all. Well,
3: I think I think that like Piper Perabo is like an example of someone who like she did have like a I mean Covert Affairs ran for multiple se- seasons. Um mm-hmm. I think it was and, like she's had six. like solid Yeah, like she, she uh, has had like solid work. Um mm-hmm. uh and like I think I think now like I've seen I've definitely seen her like guest star on things. Mm-hmm. Um and been like, "Oh yes, I know her." Um cool. But, like, I think that, like, something that's really space, big, big thing that's never happened, and this is probably... Um, not a fair example because like, we we're just so saturated as we've talked about, uh, like with, you know, media, it's like, like how many shows can you like physically watch mm-hmm. so, like something like sunny um, this season on NBC, uh, it starred Calpin. It came from, uh, Michael shore somehow, yeah. I think. Yeah. Or like his name was attached to, yeah, he was an executive producer and like, everyone was like, Oh, well, you know, like parks and rec was great. The office was cool, like good places. The best show on television, Brooklyn Nine Nine, has had. A really amazing run and an amazing resurrection. Still a good show. Like surely this will be like the next like inspirational comedy that's super timely. And then it was like bad slash no one watched it and got was canceled it? super quick.
1: Did you see it? So here, here's so what, like, my thing with Sunny Side. We did our we did our episode about pilots. Um, so, you know at the beginning, you know right before last fall. And that was one that I was actually sort of excited to see. I was too. And then I forgot about it. Like I've never watched it. I, I literally forgot that show existed till you just mentioned it right now. Cause it's like, it looked, this looks interesting. And then like, Oh, this, and, and I like the cast and I like the production team. And, and then like you said, there's too much media. And I literally forgot that movie, that show existed till just now.
3: And, and I will, I will just give you the quantitative data instead stuff like my like, long-winded review like it has like a 36% of approval on Rotten Tomatoes which like to be fair Rotten Tomatoes is a terrible like website aggregate thing for like tv shows because people only review like one or two episodes and pilots are kind of blah mm-hmm. but it that's low it, it just didn't it yeah. just did not connect like it's low and it just did not connect with people and did not get viewers because you know like terrible shows make it mm-hmm. all the time sure look at the big bang theory mm-hmm. which if you know there was ever a terrible comedy that that was successful like you know yeah yeah.
1: oh okay so and then other examples well from again from from Coyote Ugly. I, I mentioned Isabella Miko, who I don't think anybody but me has ever seen her in anything else after Coyote Ugly. Um she's good in Coyote Ugly and she's good in other stuff. Army Hammer. I'm not sure why Army Hammer is famous. <laughs> I'm really not.
3: Uh because he's extremely charming. Yeah.
1: Um and what and he what have you be. liked him in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because he keeps he keeps getting chances, but like literally everything oh. that he's in bombs. Um that is not other true. than social network is- where he that is not true at all. What did he do besides Social Network that didn't bond? Uh, Okay,
3: well, first of all, he's going to be in Death on the Nile if it comes out this year. That's going to do just fine because it's a nag the Christie thing. Uh, also, he was on, and this is like not a wide release, so you can't really judge it by like blockbuster standards, but it made over its budget. On the basis of sex, he played... Yes. Ruth Bader yeah, Ginsburg's he's, husband. Yeah, he's
1: a supporting character, and on the basis of sex, yeah. He and he's actually he's actually done quite well as supporting characters because social also, network did fine. Um, also, sorry to, sorry to bother you.
3: Sorry oh, to bother you. Yeah. Okay. Also, also, and I know you did not watch this, and I honestly have to admit I did not either. But it's probably the thing that he's made the most money in. Cars three. Also, <laughs> he was in, he was Oliver in Call Me by Your Name. which Cars is
1: 3, really, actually critical bomb though.
3: Yes. But it made a shit ton of money. And yeah, Calling yeah. by Your Name was extremely profitable and won a lot of awards. And he was yeah, wonderful. He is the secondary character. He is the love interest. He is amazing. <laughs> it would not work without okay. their chemistry. It would okay. not. Like okay. have you seen the movie? You can't you can't talk uh, about it if you uh, haven't yeah, seen the
1: movie. No, no, I understand. I'm just I was just thinking like I was thinking he was you know, when he first broke they tried to make him into Hollywood's. He was going to be the next it boy. He was going to be Hollywood's big leading man. And it hasn't happened yet because I actually like it. Right. But then he keeps picking stuff like Lone Ranger. Um, like he pi and, and, and he and man from uncle. He keep, like every time he tries man to make uncle a thing where was he's
3: fine. Like, like it was like, like it didn't do well, but it was- yeah. It was it wasn't like it wasn't the Lone Ranger which I do no, not have I, to see I'm not to just, about
1: quality at all. I'm just talking about the fact that he was supposed to be he's supposed to be the person who like he was he's essentially people have talked about him like he was going to be the next Tom Cruise right. and it just hasn't happened. I'll give you another example of somebody I really like, Jai Courtney. I think Jai Courtney's a phenomenal actor and Jai Courtney just fails from project to project to project. Um, he's the good thing about Suicide Squad, other than Margot Roby. Um, he's great in it. Yeah, he's great in it, but like, Everything that he does, people are like, "Oh, oh, that didn't work out. Oh, let's try again." No, right. no, nope, well, nope, I mean, like, we want Jai Courtney to happen, but Jai Courtney is like Fetch. You know, he's just not going to happen. I
3: mean, that's, that's <laughs> kind of like the same. Like it's kind of the same for James Marsden, who I really like because I find oh, him yeah. to be extremely like compelling on screen. Like he, he like was an amazing Prince Charming in Enchanted, um mm-hmm. and you know, um like i very like. So, so Matt comedy, but you know, 27 dresses like it works because he and Catherine Heigl have chemistry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like his big thing now is Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> he, oh yes. But like, mm-hmm. like I think part of the thing is, is like we expect everybody to let like all these actors to like break out and like be mm-hmm. like a megastar, but there aren't actually that many megastars because even like someone right. like Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. who. He, I don't. I don't think he's a megastar. I think he got lucky, got cast in Parks and Rec, had solid work, and then got Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World simultaneously. And Jurassic World succeeded despite him. Honestly, like not that he was necessarily bad. It just it's about the dinosaurs. Their, it's about the dinosaurs. Yeah. And like he and uh, Bruce, Bryce Dallas Howard like have n- no chemistry, and they're just there. Uh, and like, yeah. like he's fine in Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know, he's he's basically just playing like a more asshole heroic simultaneously version of Andy Dwyer so like
0: yeah
3: I, I mean like he has a franchise like he has some franchises going on but I, I think that like like the, a lot of the people were mentioning like they have solid work we, there's just like mm-hmm. a media saturation and they're taking like roles that might not be like I am Tom Cruise and I will make mm-hmm. 7 billion Mission Impossible movies till I'm you know dead um, <laughs> And then, and then like
1: so Tom Cruise is immortal. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I just assume.
3: <laughs> you know, like you know, like that kind of thing. But you're thinking of Paul Rudd. But yeah yeah, Paul Rudd is truly immoral, but like yeah. like, these, but like these people like you know they're, they're doing good work they're taking it like army army mm-hmm. Hammers taking on interesting roles doing yes. like cool films. so like it's I don't know if it's like that they didn't happen. I think that we're just maybe measuring success mm-hmm. in a very particular way that makes them appear like they're not doing well whenever they can you know afford play with this.
1: I think one of the things that happens is we give them a different metric. The people that we've been mentioning so far, less so is Isabella Amico, um, but like Army Hammer, um, Jai Courtney, they were you know, they had way better press than their success would dictate, which is <laughs> um, like, so here's the thing. I would love to have M. Night Shyamalan movie uh, money, right? Like he's doing fine. He's he, he's continued to work even with even though people make fun of him for his, you know, for Lady in the Water and, you know, Avatar. Yeah, right, or like his, was, uh, yeah, yeah, they've done they've done fine. Um, and I think there are a lot of working actors, working directors in Hollywood who are doing fine. So with Piper Parabo, like I'm sure she's doing just as fine as Maria Bello, who's also in that movie, and Isabella Miko, who's also in that movie. But like at the time, people talked about her like she was going to be huge. And then it didn't happen, so she seems like a failure, which isn't necessarily fair because lots of things fa- fail, and she's not failing. She had a hit TV, sh- well, not a hit TV show. She had a TV show it that ran a, for a long it time. It was a
3: hit for USA, which right. is a yeah. different metric than yes. NBC. Yes,
1: exactly. She had a TV show that, la- that lasted for a while, so good for her, you know.
2: Well, and that's it. It is. I mean, we're talking about you know the premise of the show is things that were supposed to be the next big thing. So we're talking about not just people who you know failed or not. It's they were presented in a certain way when they first appeared. There was was this expectation around them. And you know this is true in music, this you know, movies, books, whatever, you know, franchises. Um, you know, I can name you know, the difference between next big thing and one hit wonder. You know? yeah. um And and I do think there's a subtle difference there, I, which I, I I don't maybe I can elaborate on as I yeah, get out here. But it's it, so much of it is the you know, when somebody comes out of the blue and does this amazing thing, and there's no buzz about it at all. You know, they don't get that next big thing kind of thing. It's like, oh wow, and then you never hear of them again. They're a one hit wonder. <laughs>
1: Lubega, is, was my was my example yeah, in the yeah, 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 and, 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 right. like a black. Yeah, Black. Yes.
2: Um. And, you know, in 1974, the number one song in America was "The Night Chicago Died" by Paper Lace, who none of you are old enough to have heard. And, and they came <laughs> and, they, and they came out of Excuse nowhere, me. and they were the biggest thing. They were the biggest thing in America for two months, and no one ever heard of them again. And on they're on every best of the 70s collection you you will mm-hmm. ever see ever. Um, but they weren't presented as next big thing. It's just like. The single became really big mm-hmm. and then they disappeared. I, Lou Bega, I think, is a you know, prime exa- you know, more, more recent example of that. Rico,
1: Rico Suave by Gerardo. Yeah.
2: But then they're the ones who are just presented as, oh, this person is going to be the biggest star on the planet. Mm-hmm. And for six months, they are. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then 10 years later, they're on the whatever happened to special.
1: I, I will give one the, the fastest that I can okay. think of. Uh, and this was um of a, a the not a one hit wonder, but musically a next big thing that didn't happen because it's not an individual. It was we are the world. Twenty five for Haiti. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, So for people who don't know, we are the world. Big, huge song. I'm sure you've heard it. In 2010, there was a, there was a tsunami that devastated Haiti, and that also happened to be the anniversary of We Are the World. And a whole bunch of musicians got together, and they're like, "We need to do you know, it's 25th anniversary of We Are the World. We're going to do this again. We're going to donate all the proceeds to Haiti." Uh, Quincy Jones was involved. Clef Jean was involved. Uh, Lionel Richie got uh, was involved. and Michael Jackson was dead, so they brought him back from the dead to be on this album um, <laughs> via technology. I'm not joking. They, they uh, and he and they they re-record "We Are the World," and there was a multi-network release scheduled it was on mtv and nbc i think i'm not sure which i'm i'm not positive on the on the networks but they they had this media event where they were going to premiere the music video and they talked about they built this up for weeks as this is this is going to be just like last time with we are the world this is going to be the music that unites the planet and we are going to save haiti and then they released it and I remember. I mean, I fell for the hype. I was like, okay, I want to see this thing. I actually, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a sentimental guy. I like the original "We Are the World." I watched the special, and I remember just like watching it with my wife and going, "Oh, oh, oh, something's gone wrong here. Oh, this was." <laughs> yeah.
0: well, I, and,
2: and I guess you can we think of of in in that case, like music artists? We're talking about you know movie stars. I mean, who who can you think of in the last twenty years or so who has just been from the moment they appeared on the scene were promoted as this is going to be it? They are you know. They got all the promotion and now they're they're not.
3: So like every um, American Idol winner, but like, yeah, yeah Underwood yeah. And,
2: and
1: Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Wilson,
3: yeah. yeah
2: and, it, and they all have they all have careers. Right? They, they, yeah. all have, yeah. they all have careers. But, I mean, but Clay they, Aiken was second,
1: right? But but Carrie Underwood. I mean, not Carrie, Kelly Clarkson yeah. was first and she actually made it. Clay, uh, Clay Aiken was, you know, wow, he's going to be huge. Yeah. And, you know, he's working. Yeah. They, they for have him. careers, but they're not Lady yeah. Gaga. No. So, right, you know, I, am gonna, I'm gonna dig deep into my,
2: my music obscure references kind of thing. Early seventies, uh, success of, of glam in Great Britain, uh, success of David Bowie and, and mm-hmm. T-Rex and all this stuff. There was, uh, an artist by the name of Joe uh, one, one name, uh, who was an American artist? Uh, the record company picked him up. He was going to be the next big thing in America at, at that time in the major markets: New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. There were billboards. the The record company got behind him. All this promotion in ways that Bowie didn't have at the time. You know, he Bowie was an obscure artist from Great Britain as far as America was concerned. Mm-hmm. It was it was this attempt to push this. Young man by the name of Joe Briaf, and it was probably a little too much too soon. He was an openly gay artist in 1972. Who? Literally. Yeah. 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 Bowie flirted with that imagery and, and said that stuff, but there was enough debate. And once again, it was in Great Britain. He didn't break big here until later. Um, Joe Briath released two albums, and nobody heard them. Nobody cared. And 10 years later, he died of AIDS. I know who he is because of my own personal obsessions with with this scene. Yeah. But I've seen the pictures, you know, I've I've seen, you know, the video they made, I've seen the pictures of the billboards on Sunset Strip like the record company spent a lot of money promoting this guy. Um he never got a single that got played on the air, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but but he was presented as Oh, get on this now because he is the next giant star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they were trying to build that as a, a mythos around him before he ever did anything, um, which that always seemed bound to backfire. <laughs> yeah. <But.
0: laughs>
1: There's, um, we've talked about. Um a lot of, we talked about music and movies, but I think this happens, one place this happens a lot is sports. We had a comment on the blog from, from David Stifler. Um, he's, he pointed out Lynn Bias, who is an NBA player. And I was like, I, I hadn't even considered sports when we made the blog post, but this happens a lot in sports. Yeah. Um, particularly in, in the big leagues in America, NBA, NFL and, um, and MLB and to a lesser extent NHL the ones that have drafts drafts are notoriously hard to do you draft people who are huge in college and Mm. you expect that they're going to be massive stars in in the NFL as well and sometimes they are Peyton Manning's a great example of somebody who was a great college player turned into a great pro player then you have examples like um Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was so good a college football player that his nickname became Johnny football. That is what people (laughs) called him. Um, like, like if you say Johnny football to a sports fan, people know you're talking about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel in professional terms is a joke. He is, you know, he is the, he is the, he is the joke to a punchline. He got drafted originally by the Cleveland Browns and sucked. (laughs) Now to be fair the Browns were a sucky team at the time and he did not Help. He just he just was not ready. I believe he won a Heisman before you know, before um, in college because he only yeah he only played two years in college. Because yeah,
3: but did he make it a miserable like senior year for me?
1: <laughs> oh, was he? Is he? he oh,
3: he, I didn't actually. He, he yeah. So Texas. So like in my college time, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I actually might have been my first year after college. But like in the time that I was in college, Texas A and M joined the SEC. Mm -hmm. So some of our first games against Texas A&M happened like right toward the end of my college career, like the first year I was at Duke and uh, yeah, Mississippi State did not do well. Against
1: Texas a so anyway. just to, just well, just to show how good he is. Um, again, I, I know you guys not necessarily um, big football fans, but he won the Heisman in 2012. I believe he was a sophomore, and it is the biggest award in college sports. <laughs> um, and then he goes pro and first round draft pick, first first position. He just he's he's barely in football right now. Yeah, he's currently signed with the Memphis Express, which is a Team that you've never heard of because they are a Bush League team <laughs> and, um, in Alliance American football, not even the NFL.
3: Now I'm just upset that I'm so old that all my football years are blending together. Oh my <laughs> it's,
1: um, all the head, it's all the
2: head injuries you got playing football.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was a big star. Yes. Uh,
2: next big thing yeah. I understand.
1: Yeah. There's also technology. Um, so several people commented um pointing out the segue. Which was one yeah. of the ones that I did not exist. Did I that, that I meant to mention, but didn't think to when I actually wrote the post. But I think there's a lot of them. Google Glass um, mm-hmm. was something that like Google jetpacks. said everybody's going to. Well, <laughs> jetpacks. But I mean, like jetpacks. Still, I mean, if they ever happen, maybe. I mean, they do. You know, they do exist, but like, yeah. nobody can afford one. But Google Glass was like a thing that they they put out. And do you remember Google Plus? Google Plus oh, yes. was. Google
3: Plus was. Supposed to be like the professional well, they were, social was, media.
1: Yeah, it was like we're yeah. going to be everything that Facebook is but better. But that was the entire thing. It's just like, we're just going to, we're just going to, everybody's going to move from Facebook to Google because well, Google said from so. MySpace. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, Google said so. And they brought it out and it was cute. like, I remember people like I'm lobbying sure, to get I'm, invite codes for that first for that first week or two. Yeah, I'm and pretty then sure it was on Google Plus and it was like, oh, why are we here? What is, yeah, I'm, what is I'm pretty this? sure I have an account. Yeah, and there was nobody there. Yeah. Oh, it's gone now. It finally, they finally shuttered it it eventually. But I knew a lot oh, of people, well, that's good. Yeah, I knew a lot of people who were super into it um, and, and were like, and, like I had friends who were like, oh, no, it's so much better. You should switch. And uh, it's like, why? And it's like, well, because because it's got, you know, all this stuff that it's got all these security features Facebook doesn't have in circles. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I just want to be able to share pictures with my mom. You
3: know? <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. I, I got an idea, yeah. you guys, about this. What if we just all leave Facebook
1: uh-huh.
3: and then don't go anywhere else?
0: <laughs> then how do we promote the show?
2: <laughs> we 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 need
3: a website. We need yeah. to somehow
2: convince somebody with with a lot of a lot of power that Fox Podcast is the next big thing, and you need to jump on this
0: now. That-
3: Guys, I found out that like. People I know have listened to the show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that one would hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's the, the idea, isn't The
3: goal. Uh, I just I just assumed it was people you knew, but no.
1: <laughs> no, no. We are we, actually we're actually doing okay. And we joke about, you know, the three people listening. You know, no, we, we we've we've got listeners in something in something like eighty countries. <laughs> Or yeah. we're we're doing fine. We, we have <laughs> tens of, we have tens of listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, around it's it's, it's yeah around the world. It's it it's actually we're we're doing all right. Um, I guess
3: I guess I was just not expecting anyone in my life to actually be supportive.
2: We're, we're, we're a mul- we're a multinational concern. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people concerned about us in many
0: countries.
3: <laughs> that is true. They probably have listened to the show and they've been like. Hannah, are you okay?
1: <laughs> uh, particularly if they've listened to the episodes when you're not here.
2: <laughs> um, what? What? We we nothing
1: nothing.
3: nothing you. You yeah. um, <laughs> anyway. told me that I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episodes where I wasn't here to find out what you're talking about. Yeah
1: comment anyway <laughs>
3: uh
1: no uh, there's um but, but i'm just like, what are why do things like this happen like how do you decide who the next big thing's going to be like i think sometimes the, the one hit wonders they they make sense to me Like yeah. when you um when you have or not even the one hit wonders people who have one hit and then you know um i don't know if i've, yeah, I've told this story before when when um when stephanie my wife and i first started dating I know, I know when Britney Spears became famous because we've been dating maybe a month or something like that. And we went to, we went shopping and we went to, I think, a Best Buy um, because she needed something. I don't remember what. And I was just standing around waiting for her to shop. And if you've ever been to a Best Buy, the TVs don't play a real channel. It's not like they just put NBC or HBO or something. They play the Best Buy channel, which is essentially ads for stuff that they're shopping interspersed with music videos. Um, if, if anybody's ever been to, been to one, they'll see this. Um, so I was standing in the back of the store waiting for her to pick up whatever she needed. And then she finished shopping. So she came and found me in, um, in the back of the store. And I was watching... The two TVs next to each other. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll like the, the Best Buy channel loop is like 20 minutes long. So they'll put it 10 minutes out of phase, you know, so, so that the TVs appear to be paying different stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just standing yeah. there watching the premiere of, um, of two music videos. And one was being promoted by NSYNC this new artist called Britney Spears. And the other was being promoted by the Backstreet Boys, this new artist called um, Billy Piper. And Steph says, what what are you doing? And I go, I'm watching this girl. And I remember I've been dating... Um, at at that time my girlfriend a month maybe six weeks and I'm watching if you remember Britney Spears' first music video she's this 15 year old girl dancing around in a teenage miniskirt way too sexy for a 15 year old girl to be and she's like why are you watching this this is you shouldn't be watching this and I'm just going no this girl is going to be the biggest star in the world (laughs) and she's like how do you know and I was like I don't and I point and it's like, okay, she's got it. I don't know what it is, but she's got it. And if you look over here, this other girl who was playing on the other TV. Um, is uh, Billy Piper. She doesn't. We're not going to see her again. <laughs> you know? Now, it turns out we did see Billy Piper yeah. again as an actress, not as a as a, as a musician. Um, but she released a, her album, Dropped, the same week as Britney Spears. And it was just, you could just tell that Britney had whatever magical thing it was that was going to make her a massive star. And then she became that massive star. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, people have that massive Star potential, and then it doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't become Britney Spears, you become a Billy Piper, and if you're lucky, you end up on Doctor Who. Right, <laughs> <laughs> They're worst like, fates. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a working actress now. Yeah, I don't think yeah. she records music anymore. Yeah, you know, she is a working actress. She is on. She is on. She did a TV show which I loved called Secret Life of a Call Girl, um, mm-hmm. which is great. It, it's uh, she, was, it was on, she was
2: on Penny Dreadful.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but her music career went nowhere and they you know and she had the backing of like all these producers and was like this is, she's gonna be huge and you know she was a, you know, she was an okay singer. she was a cute 16 year old at the time and you know it just didn't happen um and i guess so your Britney entire question did. is
4: what is the it you could see it but could you describe yeah. what it is that Britney had that Billy really
1: did uh I don't know that I could I mean yeah. so uh, there was a point where it was it was fun to make fun of Britney Spears before she like you know had legitimate mental problems but like I think that when she was 15 years old like people you know people make fun of her for being a bubblegum pop princess but she is a legitimately talented singer mm-hmm. like she's it, like there's there's that but a lot of people are talented singers she also has you know from an objective pop culture aesthetic she is even at 15 and at 15 or at 40 whatever she is now 35 40 old she is now um, she is attractive and has a stage presence where you feel like she is a good um she is good at projecting a performance mm-hmm. that i think is going to like there's um people get people get mad at me you know obviously we'll get political for a moment but like um i have friends who get mad at me when i say when i say something like um people are talking. you hate donald trump and somebody somebody argued with me recently online said you just hate donald trump because he's a boring old white man and i said well he is old a man and white I would never say he was boring and I have liberal friends who will get mad at me. It's like, of course he's boring. He's awful. I'm like, no, no, he is objectively not not boring. boring. He is objectively charismatic. I hate everything he stands for. But I think that if you if you think that anybody can be Donald Trump, they can't. The man turned zero talent, intelligence or, you know, or, or understanding of the law into the presidency of the United States because he is legitimately, massively charismatic, also rich. But like there are a lot of rich people. Michael Bloomberg is rich. And charismatic. Yeah. And not charismatic. And so he didn't get to be president. Donald Trump did. And I think that that's worth recognizing. He has Donald Trump has something aesthetically about him that makes him a good performer that makes people want to. Listen to him enough to vote for him. Well, which he was on TV.
3: Yeah, like he he like learned like reality TV and mm-hmm. like how to talk and how to be like a person that people want to watch.
1: But he was famous for twenty years before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but like you, know,
3: but like what's interesting is like the like the like cable news especially treats our lives like it's reality TV, which I mean admittedly mm-hmm. does feel bizarre and like <laughs> sometimes i look at the news on twitter and i'm like okay is this a parody tweet or is this real <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell anymore i'm not even joking i just i sometimes cannot tell anymore but like you know uh,
0: maybe like maybe you know can killed, by the way
3: yeah oh, you know he th- th- there there's just you know he <laughs> he's kind of, kind of built built, built, built mm-hmm. for this moment and i i and not to be like I'm not saying all the media is the same though. I certainly think that a lot of the big networks and newspapers and not think I know they're owned by a lot of the same like companies and they're very interested in profit. And because people watch Donald Trump, you know, ZN like would run his rallies and stuff. So like they just like watched him like watched him and had us watch him without thinking about the consequences. And I mean Fox News is just propaganda at this Mm -hmm. point. I don't remember where I was going with this. But like you know like the media made him a big thing because they if coverage. I mean, okay, take, take, the Democrat side of like this primary, mm-hmm. like the like a lot of coverage was given to Mayor Pete, absolutely, uh, as like a young, exciting, like centrist. He is very good looking. You know, <laughs> you know who <laughs>
1: for a for a presidential candidate, he's <laughs> the hot, he's arguably the hottest presidential candidate. <sighs> really? Oh wow! I, yeah, I was yeah. talking
4: about the ones that we have to choose from.
3: He's the yes, best looking yeah. from. no, yeah. no, 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 from the guys. But but uh, but. Yeah. I wouldn't say he. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just opened his mouth and talked, and I wanted to punch him because he oh. reminds me of every male grad student I've ever I, like sat. In a I
0: agree with bathroom.
3: that too. Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I just can't see it. But my point. To, to take this back, um, is you know, who else was young and dynamic and really interesting and was actually one of my, like, top choices as a candidate? Julian Castro? Yeah. Like, uh, how, how, much, how much coverage did he get? Well, yeah, who no, no, no
1: I, I I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I'm just thinking, you know, and, and I'm thinking that's that thing right there, right? Like, I remember when this first started happening and when, when Mayor Pete was first breaking, I had several friends who were like, um, now again, I'm a political junkie and anybody who knows me, or even if you listen to the show, you, you've probably picked up on that. I know several people who were like, Oh, this Pete guy is great. Won't it be great if the, if the eventual, if the eventual ticket is Elizabeth Warren on top with, with Pete as the, as the vice presidential candidate. And I was like, why would you want that? And they're like, well, because they'd be great together. I'm like, you don't know anything about Pete Buttigieg. Like clearly, they agree on nothing. <laughs> and that became clearer and clearer as the debates went on. But at the time, I was just like, he, he disagrees with her on like every fundamental issue of her, of her platform. She's not going to pick him. You like him because he's cute and he's openly gay, but he is objectively cute. He's a good speaker. I think he's fine. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a good speaker. Come on. He was up there against yeah. Bloom- Bloomberg. Uh, um, Like he okay. was up there against Klobuchar. He, he, he was for what he was doing. I don't care about anything he was saying, but he was very good at being a gen- a mild mannered looking, clean cut, generic white boy. Yes. And that's a skill, I thought. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. a skill. Well,
4: uh. I'm still back on your whole Trump is charismatic thing because mm-hmm. I have never found him charismatic. I never watched The Apprentice. I have always found mm-hmm. him grating and annoying. So He Is, I agree. is that too. I'm willing yeah, to I admit don't, I don't think it's I'm willing to admit that. that some people find him charismatic, but mm-hmm. not everyone. I I don't find him entertaining. I find mm-hmm. him how, like how, how train about wreck. He, Like, I don't want to watch it.
3: Yeah. A train wreck A train rat that he, you can't help but watch.
2: He provokes a strong now, admit, reaction. Yes. One way or the exactly. other, he provokes yes. a strong reaction. Go with that. And there's yeah. an element of that. That's kind of a definition of charisma. I, you know, there's I, you I you know, know, it, I charisma being likable.
0: I guess.
3: Well, You know, I think actually, like, I don't even know if it charisma but i would i think that maybe to nicole's point it reminds me of cn Nagai's definition of disgust mm-hmm. which like you just cannot tolerate it at all like it's got to get out like mm-hmm. by and also in feeling that disgust with other people you have a positive reaction to the people who share your point of view which i think we all have like mm-hmm. as since we all like hate trump um mm-hmm. on the show i think that we've all at one point or another over the past God knows how many years because it feels like a day is a year. At this point. <laughs> um, you know, we've, We've like we've like gotten some kind of like positive, like charged emotional reaction from like hating Trump together, mm-hmm. even if like that takes different forms. But like, I, yeah, I find Trump to be disgusting, um, yeah, well, especially so, especially with his like hamburgers and cold yeah, White I, House food. If, if this
2: were if this were a D&D campaign, he'd have you yeah, he, he have an 18 charisma score, but he'd be chaotic evil.
1: Right, right. I don't like anything that he has to say, but the fact that I think it's hard to ignore the fact that, again, he's turned mediocrity at best into the presidency of the United <laughs> States of America. That's that is something that's being able to do something. And um, and I think so going back to like the Britney Spears example, for instance, um, I had a friend, a, fr- a friend who's a musician who was complaining about her when um, when that album first came out when her first album came out he just um, he's a local musician guy and he was complaining about her he's like well this is just garbage it's just trash and it's like well that's not fair and he's like I could do an album like this if I wanted to you know there's no, art- no, no yeah, there's no artistic merit. blah 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 and I told him no you couldn't and he's like well how do you I like, No, I think you're very talented I've been to your shows you know I think you're a talented musician but if you could do a Britney Spears album and have the Success that she did, um, and you haven't, then you're an idiot. Because make one, be a millionaire, and then make album, and then make artwork that you like for the rest of your life. He was like, well, it's selling out. It's like it's not selling out. You can't like. She's making millions. At 15, like that is a that is a certain it's not for you. I think there's a difference between being able to recognize the the aesthetic quality that is that can sing to enough people to sell something, whether that's your musical ability or your political ability versus uh, or your reality show television ability versus your, you know, versus actual merit of an artistic statement that i care about like there are a lot of there are a lot of people in comics for instance that i you know that i don't necessarily care for their work but um to the 90s with the with the you know the image explosion of people who are copying jim lee and rob liefeld's artwork style i get why the why some of them became famous and others didn't Mm -hmm. like you can look at them and i can say Rob Liefeld's not for me, but I understand what his career was based on.
3: I have to go back and we're talking about Britney Spears and like Bubblegum Pop, and I just, I I have to emphasize that like, just because you don't like it, not you specifically, just doesn't mean that it's not good, and just because it's not like written for you does not mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't have value. Um, We're eventually going to do a romance genre episode, and like, Mm -hmm. romance is always, you know, oh yeah, By men Absolutely. Um, and not me, and, and very <laughs> and very and very just very serious people. Even like women mm. put down romance mm. as a genre because academia, you know, academia yeah, especially,
1: especially have, puts them.
4: Th-
3: why do you think yeah. I have a pen name and for I, my romance? Book? Uh, <laughs> yeah and i just yeah like i i, I and I, like first of all if it's a sexy romance novel writing sex scenes is a skill like there's a reason like they give out awards for like terrible sex scenes and a lot of them are written by men like go read a bad one like please and then yep. and then stop um and then two, like you know like i i love kesha and some of you are like oh she's not serious but like if you listen to her stuff, you can like see like where album. she has like yeah, like uh, great. But, like she has like influences from like Bowie and like Dolly Parton and The Flaming Lips, are just like all these like crazy genres. And like, sure, like some of it is like she literally has like a song called The Potato Song, and it's like, I don't want to be an adult anymore because it's stupid, so I'm gonna just do what I want. Uh and like it's just really well done. She like she knows what she's doing, she knows she's not being serious, she's playing with a lot of genres mm-hmm. like let people just like things. We don't have to be boring and serious mm-hmm. all the time. And also, like, is there really great artistic merit in like Henry James, or was he just <laughs> getting off on like writing about people staring into the fire thinking about their feelings? I'm sorry, Henry James, that was mean of me. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, but, but you know, like, we don't have to like. You're just
2: giving him more material.
3: We, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, we don't. We don't have. Uh, I mean, he's dead. Dead. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um but, but
2: maybe me right be here somewhere right now his ghost is weeping.
3: <laughs> you know, like not, I mean, and also how many of you very serious people who critique romance, like read very serious cont? Um <laughs> Probably not. And, like, you, know, that you, you can like what you like and it's yeah. fine and mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, this, yeah. is, this is another rant, um, which, you know, like I think, I think like, like people, there's also like, not this episode, but I guess to bring it back around is like, you know, some of these things like that are not very serious, like fall away at some point because like people think that they're ridiculous, like, twilight like it was so so popular when i was in high school and as i said on the show before why i teach my students now and i use Twilight as an example of like a martin day reinterpretation of junior they're like oh my god hannah how could you read that terrible <laughs> um but
1: and see i think twilight counts though because twilight was i mean people people complain about it but twilight was a big thing like that yeah, came out huge and it was massive and i and you know even talk about romance like Fifty Shades, I've gotten into with professors of mine. I've gotten into arguments about, well, this is, you know, that's garbage. No one should ever even think about that. And I was like, no, that woman came out of obscurity and sold a billion books. There's something there that's worth studying. And if there's not, then what the hell are we doing with our lives? You might not want to study it. I I, I think one of
2: the things people forget about in the study of pop culture is that pop is short for popular. Mm -hmm.
4: Right, Right. Yeah. And, and uh, as much as I think Twilight is not well written and Fifty Shades is even worse, I oh yeah, respect so them for a couple of things. First of all, Twilight got a lot more people, teen, teen people reading, mm-hmm. right? At least at first. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the movies were coming out and it was, I'll just wait till the movie comes out. But yeah. And then Fifty Shades came out and it opened up a bit more of a dialogue about... Romance novels and erotica, and so even though I think it's mm-hmm. not well written, and I read the yeah, first sex one, general. and you'd have to pay me to read the other two, um <laughs> it, I I do respect it. Plus, frankly, I respect her. You took a piece of Twilight fan fiction, rewrote it, and made a shit ton of money off of it. Good for you,
3: right. I mean <laughs> yeah, Like I, I think I, I that, like I also, do. like you know, a lot of things that were big, like in the nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. If I if I said the moonstone which people still read a lot of you would give me blank looks (laughs) um even though like it is like the mystery novel that led to like whodunit mystery novels um and we again still read it in classrooms um and talk about it a little bit in terms of like law and literature like sensation fiction which is also a genre that is like dead now it it was like you know a three decades long thing basically and then it evolved into other things but like you know and but we still like note things like dickens and austin and like there's an emma adaptation now even though we might see like Austin is old. It's actually just gotten more and more popular. And I think Twilight, like, also got, like, a couple years ago, got a re-release for, like, its 10-year anniversary where she flipped the genders to try and make a point, but I don't think she made the point she was trying to make. Um, <laughs> and, like, The Hunger Games is getting, like, some sort of prequel, and I've been finally waiting for, like, the Artemis Fowl movie, which may or may not come out again <laughs> this year because of <laughs> corona. Uh, but, like, like, like some things, like, come back around, or, like, you know, you discover a movie that didn't really happen and then it becomes like a cult classic so it's not like all of these things like go away forever or Mm -hmm. you know like technology just moves at such a rapid pace it's hard for certain Mm -hmm. things to stick um Mm -hmm.
2: there's a certain amount of that that's always been true i mean you you go back to history of music and all these people who are going to be the next big thing and you've never heard of them Mm -hmm. shelf life for most performers are are really pretty small
1: Mm -hmm. i mean it's easier it's easier i think to maintain long-term notoriety if you just sort of you sort of build eventually where people are like, Oh, Wow, that person they've got they've got twenty albums now. Maybe we should pay attention. Kansas as opposed is still to, recording. Yeah, or yeah, and and but I think that like sometimes, you know, here here's an example of self promotion. Um, one of my favorite things, you know, and we've we've talked about our feelings on award shows and everything. But I am fascinated with the concept of EGOTting. If you're not familiar, and I think most of our listeners probably are, to win an EGOT is to win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Mm-hmm to win all four Mm -hmm. awards, all four big awards in America. And not that many people have done it. And it's a big achievement if you are an actor singer type. Um... And the term was coined by Philip Michael Thomas, who um, at the <laughs> time, he said he was, you know, he, when when he was, he was the co-star on Miami Vice and he didn't send in an interview, um, he was wearing this necklace that said EGOT on it. And the, the interviewer, what is that? And he's like, it says EGOT. And it's like, what is that? It says, it's a, it's an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar to Tony, because I believe at the rate my, my career is going um, in about five years, I will have achieved all four of them. And that was in 1986, I think. That interview came out and at this point says too he never quite made it he didn't make it and if at this point I think he has one two, zero of them he's gotten none of them <laughs> so so he is just as close as I am that was a little harsh like,
4: math. He, he is he got none yeah. of
1: them he said he was going to and he didn't and he, I don't think he's been nominated for anything he might have been nominated for the Emmy I don't think he was even nominated for the Emmy but he's he certainly has no Grammys or his music career failed horribly. He, they didn't put him in movies. It's just something that he wanted. But at the time, you know, they were interviewing him because he was getting quite a bit of critical acclaim for Miami Vice. And it was like, well, after this show ends, you're going to be huge. And then this show ended and philip michael thomas fell off the edge of the planet right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like like where have you seen him since then he he does he has a voice acting part in in the grand theft auto series you know <laughs> like
3: hey, hey video games are our dominant media now
1: it is but it wasn't when he got to be a voice actor in one <laughs> like he's just like he's and nobody knows it's him like he's just his career didn't go that way so you know i, I said pia zadora um, was it was an image that I posted on the on on the blog, and nobody knows. Like I don't think uh, the reason I didn't talk more about her in the blog I, was because I, I feel like I feel like our listeners today, I, she's not even famous enough to have on been, the radar no, at all. Yeah. To, I, I, I saw her movie in the theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I,
1: her movie. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Neither can I. Hannah, Hannah do you even know who she is? Because you're younger. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I w- Yeah, yeah, which doesn't surprise us anywhere in the slightest. She was all over the place, like literally all over television. And like she had an album. She's an actress, singer, model who was supposed to be massive for like literally five minutes in like 1986. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Like, like she was just she, yeah, she was supposed to be
4: the movie yeah. was Butterfly, and she did win yes! a Golden Thank Raspberry you. Award yes. for the worst actress and worst new star for that. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. and and that, that's the thing. I saw that movie in the theater, and there's a reason she didn't go on that much of a career.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, like before that came out, they were talking about her. Like she's like, oh my god, this person's gonna, this woman's gonna be amazing, and she she was not. um and then other people just like you said like we said earlier sometimes you have a fine career um i'm a big dominique swain fan um i wasn't even sure if people would know who that was um that's like paper parable dominique swain in like a five-year period in the 90s um 97 to 2002 she did a dozen movies and i've seen all of them and she's great and then she's basically disappeared (laughs) like I don't even know if people know do you you guys even know who she is
3: no she
1: I I, do I know the name she was like probably the most famous thing that she's done that lasted in the in in culture that people remember and it wasn't like necessarily the best of the roles but she plays Lolita in the remake of Lolita.
2: Ah, okay. I knew I knew the name.
1: Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Um. So she. So and that was supposed to be her big break. Break the role and her performance was critically acclaimed in it. And then she did like a bunch of indie films that like I think are great. Um. She did a movie called Girl, which is adopted from um a novel which I love. It's it's basically um it's. Uh, a fictional band but she is a groupie that follows around a band that's effectively a Nirvana analog and she dates the lead singer and that was a movie that came out in the late 90s and it's it's a phenomenal coming of age story about a girl in high school dating a guy who's just about to make it big in the music industry and she's great and then her career just sort of disappears because that's how you know here today gone today it's just how american mm-hmm. media works so we we'll resolved nothing. <laughs> no, we have not.
3: <laughs> um, oh, I meant to tell you. Um, I asked Josh what the next big thing was that never happened, and he said Medicare fall. Oh,
1: oh. oh. oh.
0: oh. So, oh. so maybe,
3: so maybe, prove him wrong and go to the polls. And uh, but for the only candidate left, you, What's uh, that? Bernie Sanders. This is my endorsement to our tens of listeners.
1: Yeah. Now, the question is, um, this show comes out on Monday. He'll probably still be in the race. He's he's still going to be in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just at this point, you know, who knows?
3: He'll still be in the race um, barring something. I mean, who knows exactly who knows, but um, yeah, he, I don't, I don't see him dropping out until the next debate and the next voting and seeing if anything changes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and what I was going to say, I, I was literally about, I was waiting for you to finish saying that, and I was about to say, sure, I agree with you. And but like in the world we live in, who knows? Because like, you know, everything changes every second. Yeah, and like, wait, who wait second. like, yeah. And as you were finishing that sentence, I got uh, I got a Google alert and a text from my mom. Not that Bernie Sanders, but literally March Madness. The NCAA basketball tournament was just canceled.
0: Yep, (laughs) like
1: that, that happened as you were as you were talking. So I don't know. This world is very weird. talk about yeah, well, cancel culture. <laughs> well,
3: Broadway's shut down until April. I don't know if i will have a graduation. Well, to be fair, yeah. I don't know if I'll pass my dissertation, but yeah.
1: you're gonna be fine. I don't know if I'm gonna finish my dissertation. I'm, I'm very, I'm very upset lately. I've been working on it a lot the last couple of days. So.
3: Well, we're all going into quarantine apparently. So yes. Also, don't hoard toilet paper. <laughs>
4: like, <it's not> like <laughs> don't
3: that. be that person. It's not I don't know. of People the symptoms being... of, of having
4: the coronavirus. It's not like it makes you have the runs. You don't need lots of toilet paper. I
2: think think it's that people are stocking up in case they have to quarantine for several weeks. Yeah,
4: Yeah, but even if you're quarantining for uh, several weeks, you don't need 75 rolls of toilet paper.
1: (laughs) Okay, so so true confession, as we're as we're as we're ending the show, I am one of the few things that I am terrified about is running out of toilet paper. So I'm I have not been hoarding toilet paper any more than I normal normally do because I have I, I have a crate of toilet paper delivered to myself from Amazon, like subscribe and save literally every month. And by that I mean that I set things up. So literally for years, I have always had at least one crate of toilet paper in the basement because I make sure that like I, you know, the, the next one delivered is always enough for, you know, so I'm, I'm good for six, seven weeks, you know,
3: <laughs> different than literally going to the store and buying no. all the toilet paper and all the water and all the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Guys, as, as many people have already said, the health is public, which is by the way, why we should have, public health care uh so like soap only works if we all have
1: it <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't it's it's a, it's a yeah, weird at
2: least, least at least now i know we're still toilet paper funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so need to oh. so i need to i need to hoard a shotgun is what i'm saying
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god okay. anyway anyway that's yeah a lot.
1: Yeah, we got, um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird world. I don't know what the next big thing. I mean, the next big thing right now is coronavirus. And then what's going to inevitably happen is when, when, when we don't all die. People are going to forget and they're going to be not because this is a big this is a big thing. It's big and important. And then when we don't all die, people are going to start like, you know, sort of shoo it. Like, oh, told you that was nothing. Just like mm-hmm. SARS. SARS was a big thing. SARS was important. People died. Well, a- one was a big thing. People died and this is worse. So, you know,
3: I don't I don't know. I don't know because people are like feeling the effects. And Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. of course, has been diagnosed with coronavirus. So and, and like all of all of the sports events and Broadway shows are being shut down. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think since life is being disrupted across the country, people might be in the world. More. Yeah. Yes. Mm. But America is very self-absorbed.
0: Yeah. yeah that's what, true. what
3: happens, what happens in Italy and China, of course, has like no impact on us until now. It does. It does. <laughs> um, but like, since like, it's not like, you know, Katrina where that was isolated to an area um it's like all of us everywhere so Mm -hmm. maybe it's time to rethink how we do things guys maybe maybe
1: take care of everybody is what you're
3: you're saying what you're saying almost every episode and don't be and
1: wash your hands yeah don't be a dick (laughs) that's a good idea
3: but also like wash your hands and don't hoard the hand sanitizer and some of that hand sanitizer is not going to do and stop trying to make hand sanitizer out of vodka (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a waste of good vodka. Are people doing that? Jesus, no. It, yes,
3: it won't um, work. It it won't work, and it'll be a waste of vodka. Yeah. Anyway, I I think I'm just now listing like all the things I've seen on the internet, and like <laughs> uh, also citations to everyone on Twitter for emphasizing uh, that it's a public health scare, so we should care about each other. Anyway, make good yes. decisions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. So anyway, um, I would like to thank our guest Nicole. Thank you for coming back for for this episode. I guess this is an episode. Yes, this is, this is something that
3: happened. I'm this is so this sure is yeah. Is.
1: Yep. yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. I hope uh, you know. I hope where you are. The wh- I'm
4: gonna. I am gonna mention. I, I too remember Isabel because she was on a show that only went one season
1: called the Cape. I don't know if you remember that. Of course I remember the Cape. I've I've seen every superhero show ever, as you know, as you well know, the Cape was great. The cape was not great. The, the cape. So again, the cape had potential, but um, the cape had potential. The cape, the cape was a show, just as a quick anecdote, um, an ongoing joke in the earlier episodes of this show of, of, of Vox Popcast before we decided that Riverdale was the best show ever. Um, no. And we've unilaterally decided that everybody no. knows. Um, <laughs> we used to talk about Manimal being the best show ever. And mm. the reason I chose Manimal was because I thought it was both funny to say. And more memorable than what I was originally going to say, which was the cape. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, no one saw the cape except for me. And and apparently, me. Nicole.
3: I mean, like, I'm how many people see Manimal, though?
1: But <laughs> yeah. Manimal at least no notable. People it's, it's, know the name. Manimal. Yeah, Your name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Alrighty. Anyway, is. Nicole, anything you want to promote?
4: Not at
3: the
1: in moment. these end of days. I'm,
3: I'm dead.
1: <laughs> uh, Polydrome Hannah.
3: I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers will I be posting anth I don't know. I'm sure I'll be fine.
1: <laughs> and Wayne.
2: Yeah, nothing. It's just the end of days. There's no-
1: <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick or on my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about ne- next week and every week after that. You can give comments. You can help us um, decide what we want to talk about, where the direction of the conversation is going to go. Give us feedback. We always like hearing from you. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, write us a five star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show, especially if you don't just rate us five stars, but you write us a little something, something that we can read on the show. um, And it makes us feel good. And that's important in these dark, dark times because we don't want, you know, we want to be the actual next big thing and not a, forgotten flash in the pan and
3: i'm okay not being the next big we're thing we're gonna be the
1: next big thing it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh, well you know you can make it happen <laughs> um i would like to thank once again our guest nicole for joining us i'd like to thank maximilian of thought for music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out i'd like to thank you at home for listening Stay sane, and we'll see you next time Bye. bye, bye. Yeah, but this is a great honor to be here on this show, because this is uh, a continuation of one of my dreams and
0: visions
3: that uh, I put in motion, and I'm very I've thankful. read a
1: lot about your dreams and visions, I Yeah? Yeah. You know, oh. I want to tell you, you really come out with some uh, some interesting statements. Uh, the press, uh, I pick up magazines, and the press mm-hmm. kind of got on your case. I saw an article here. You don't mind if I... No, no. It right. said... Uh, the ego has landed. <laughs> huh? And uh, yeah. you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and you wanted to be, um, you wanted to win, I think you said, an Emmy. Emmy. A Tony. Grammy. And a Grammy Oscar Academy and, Award. Yeah, and Golden Globe Award. Golden Globe Award. Things, yeah. Well, you know what, so far, how are things going?
0: Well, uh... <laughs>